You're listening to 3CR Radio. And
the cranberries there linger. You're on In Your Face on 3CR with James. 3CR. While the Victorian government is conducting a review into sex work in Victoria, recently, male identifying sex workers participated in a consultation to document their issues and concerns. Dean Lim is a long-time sex worker who participated in the consultation, and Dean begins that interview by discussing some of the issues that sex workers raised. The common issues that we had was uh, things like uh, looking at HIV discrimination. So in Victoria, uh, workers, sex workers who are HIV positive are not allowed to work. And so we raised concerns about the discrimination faced from uh, HIV positive sex workers. We also talked about, or it was also discussed that uh some of our members in our community were hesitant to go to police regarding assaults or crimes committed against them. Uh, so that was some issues raised of how, you know, we could have, you know, uh, decrease the stigma of uh, accessing uh, safety, accessing police and accessing support. Uh, there were also issues of what support services were available for migrant and as well as male sex workers and having uh, resources and support services that were available to us on a more flexible uh, business hourly business arrangement. So instead of having a Monday to Friday nine to five approach, would there be services or are there services available to us uh, that are 24 hours or operate late at night or operate on the weekends? So quite a few issues were raised uh, during the consultation process. Were there any issues that came up that really surprised you? Not really. <laughs> Unfortunately, not really. We, we, we have a lot of very common, uh, I guess, issues with a lot of workers in our community, not just male workers. Uh, it, it's just about, I, I guess, common issues of how do we work safely how do we work legally? How do we work with respect uh, as a member of the general public? I think it's a, it's a common issue that many people face. And, of course, the consultation via Zoom had over 80 male-identifying sex workers. That must have been unprecedented in Victoria. Yeah, it was. I mean, um, we, we actually didn't get 80, but we had quite a, a huge, a big turnout. Um, and it was great to see, for me, I think it was great to see the diversity of male workers. So we had people from migrant, uh, who were migrant workers, people who were not just representing Southeast Asian area, which is a very big majority of our um, community, both male and female workers and trans workers. But we also had people who were from all over the world. So, you know, um, yeah, it was great, as well as people from Australia. It was just great to see such diversity. So how many people participated? Uh, I'm not going to say. <laughs> Magic number, how's that? <laughs> Fair enough. You mentioned uh, trans sex workers. What were some of the specific issues they raised? Um, we, we, with the trans workers, uh, that would probably be coming in as a written response to the, the meetings. So some people chose to be very private in regards to how they would um, contribute to the consultation process. So we actually had a lot of people, uh, RSVP and a lot of people um, uh, 
be involved with uh, the consultation process and the uh, sex work law review in general. And a lot of people were, uh, for whatever reason, actually wanted to have more of a private uh, conversation, which we have to totally respect, versus people who wanted to um, appear either via video or audio link uh, during the consultation process. So I guess there was some fear of being outed among other sex workers as well. I guess that stigma and that need for confidentiality is is huge. That that's correct. I mean, there's a lot of I guess stigma in general with with our work. So you know, what do you show to the world, let alone to other sex workers who may be friends of yours or people that you might know? Absolutely. So where to from here with all this information? Oh well, there was a lot of information gathered. The Michael Kirby Centre for Public Health and Human Rights will be uh, putting together a submission with Sex Workers uh, Voices Victoria, and they'll be uh, putting together, you know, their thoughts and uh, sending it off to Fiona Patton's team for the review consultation. So, when do you think the review will be finalised? What do we know about where the review is at? I. Uh, wouldn't like to be in Fiona's shoes because she and her team have a lot of work to do. From what I gather, they have been pretty much bombarded with a lot of submissions from different groups, uh, and so they have a lot of work to do. The official deadline is the 17th of July, so not long now, and then Fiona has a few months to actually put it all together and submit it in September to the government. course, we're in another spike of the pandemic here in Victoria. What were some of the issues that sex workers raised? The the issues with the pandemic are, are separate, I guess, to the review consultation process. Uh, in general, with, our, with the community, people are, uh, I guess, looking for information and they're looking for support as well. It's an ongoing issue of, you know, what do you do when there is very limited information being released by the government? And so we, the various groups in the community, have approached the government, have approached the Department of Health for further clarification. So we're waiting to hear what, what the next step is. I imagine there's quite a bit of confusion, you know. We've had so many changes in a few short weeks, uh, and that must be very difficult for the community to follow what's going on, especially when people need information in languages other than English. That's right. That's why there's a lot of, uh, I guess, private chat groups, uh, Twitter, uh, people accessing information in other ways, not just the mainstream media. And I, th I think that's how sex workers have always been mobilised and have come together as a community. We all sort of find our own little groups within this huge community and we, from those little groups, we can access information and share information as well. Tell us a few more details about the challenges that people are telling you in the community about the pandemic. I mean, you must be hearing all kinds of stories from people. What can you share? I think it's about more where can people get support. So, in you know, um, what I've done, for, for example, I'm part of the uh, – a small part of the male worker community, and so we have, you know, reached out to our – group and you know we've said to our, our fellow peers to say do you need help what kind of help do you need and and the responses that we've gotten back is people are in financial distress people are have been made homeless 
uh, also people don't know what to do because some people may or may not be able to qualify for the government uh, funding from job seeker or job keeper. And so we've had to help people, you know, navigate their way around that. And we've even had members who don't even have access to computers. So how do you access information when English is not your first language, for example? And secondly, how do you access information if you don't even have a, a computer, a computer, a laptop computer that you can use to print out forms? Are you finding, Dean, that migrant sex workers in particular are falling through the cracks in the federal government support systems? Yes, definitely. I think migrants in general, um, international students, people on temporary visas, they're definitely falling through the cracks. Uh, one positive thing to come out of it is that it's strengthened our community and strengthened the diversity within our community. So we are, tr- are helping each other. We're you know, reaching out and, and people are making contact. And we're hearing from people that we haven't heard from in a long time to say, look, I do need help. How can I find information? What do I do? And so it's, it's uh, from what I can see, is that there's been so many people who've put their hands up to say, I will help. I will be a leader in my part of the community, which is fantastic, whether, you know, you're trans, whether you're female, whether you're male, whether you're gender diverse, it doesn't matter. I've, I've seen so many examples of great leadership, which is fantastic. It's great to see. You mentioned international students. Are you finding that uh, international students are working in the industry, especially during these tough times? Yes. Yes, we, we have had uh, quite a few international students and, you know, we've advised people as best we can, you know, regarding the legality of can you work what what is happening regarding our work status and it has been extremely confusing at the moment you know we we've said to people look you know you have to wait and see and we're actually still waiting for a proper response from the government and we should know within 24 hours are you finding that there's a lot of people who are working underground that aren't necessarily accessing any support at all uh there must be a lot of people that you're not reaching oh absolutely Absolutely. And, and that's with all sectors of the community. There's a lot of, you know, people who work through what we call survival sex or opportunistic sex. They're people who, you know, don't do it on a regular basis and are doing it just to pay rent, just to put food on the table. And they might do it extremely irregularly. And that's what we're, we're finding as well. How do you access people who fall through the cracks? And un- unfortunately, there will be people who fall through the cracks and hopefully they can find support and information. You mentioned before difficulties people have reporting things to the police uh, because of the partial illegality of sex work in Victoria. To what extent is that being heightened by this pandemic? I imagine quite a bit. It, it is a, it is quite um, nerve-wracking in some parts of the community. In general, the police haven't uh, been targeting a lot of sex workers. Uh, They've got other things to do. They've got, you know, bigger things to do. What we're advising people is to use common sense to access information as much as they can or ask for information. And I think that, you know, information is is the key thing here of what can we do. And it is, it is very confusing times. It's very challenging times. And we've basically said to people, look, try and stay as calm as you can and ask for help. And it's, it's been great to see people actually ask for help. 
Historically, of course, sex workers have had a difficult relationship with Victoria Police as well, uh, and that must be making it very difficult for people to ask for help because they must be terrified about their confidentiality. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why we're looking for, you know, future solutions to the current situation. So it, it all comes down to funding and resourcing. You know, I belong to a male worker group called Working Man. We are completely unfunded. We're made up of volunteers. We're, you know, um, peer only, which means that we're made up of male sex workers only. And we, we're doing this because we want to help. We want to support our community. In the future, what we all need is better resourcing of organizations for the sex worker community that hopefully represent more of the diversity of this community. There are so many of us, but we're very, it's a very invisible or hidden sector of the world. You're listening to an interview with sex worker and sex worker advocate, Dean Lim. On three CRs in your face. Three CRs. Are there any estimates as to the number of sex workers in Victoria? I mean, it must be incredibly difficult to kind of, you know, measure that number. It, it is extremely hard because you have, as you mentioned before, people do fall through the cracks. There are people also do it as part of opportunistic or survival sex work. Uh, how do how do you measure that? We we, we can't. You know, we can only just go by rough estimates and, you know, it's it's in the thousands, but again, how long is a piece of string? We, we just don't know. Do you find that the majority of sex workers identify with the LGBTIQ community, especially male sex workers? It's it's a big question. It's a good question. I would, I would generally classify people as being part of the community, definitely, because of the work that we do with male-to-male sex work. The flip side of that is what do people identify as? Because some people may not even use the word sex work, let alone I am gay or queer or non-binary or any other, you know, um, any other word that they would like to use. So it's, it's, it's quite interesting to see how people work and identify themselves. It's, it's quite a flu. I would guess it's a very fluid, um, workforce. And so people come in and out of the, of the industry. There are people who've been in the industry like myself for many years. There are people who've only been in the industry for a short time. And so we also have a very transient population who may or may not ident- even identify as being a sex worker, let alone being part of the, the queer or LGBTIQ community. Do you find there's an overrepresentation of homelessness within the sex worker community? Uh, not that I'm aware of. That there are definitely issues of homelessness. There are issues of, from what I hear in the, in the broader community, there are issues of domestic violence. There are issues of uh, mental health. And so it's about getting support for people in general. Sex worker groups have been crying out in Victoria for years for funding for peer support. Your group's obviously one of them. Why do you think it is that the Victorian government keeps refusing to do that or just won't engage about it? It's a really tricky situation in that sex is very political. And when you have the two words sex and work 
together in the same sentence, people in general, let alone politicians, can be quite squeamish. I think we're in a better position now with the Daniel Andrews Labor government being in power. We are in a better situation to ask for what we want, which is more support, funding for organisations, having that diversity represented. So I think we're, we're in for some good changes. It's going to take time. Uh, so watch this space. And of course, you do have Fiona Patton, which means you've got someone on the inside who's actually supportive of change. Yes, she's been one of our chief advocates to say, look, we need to change. We need to change the sex work laws in Victoria and we need to change them for the huge community that we have, not just for private workers, but we need to change it for all workers in this industry. Of course, we have a licensing model for the regulation of sex work in Victoria. It was developed in the 1980s before the internet. Uh, <laughs> it must be incredibly difficult to navigate. It's, it's ridiculous. So we have, a, we have a set of you know, laws that are not really fit for purpose anymore that are just so antiquated. I mean, I love the 80s, but that's in the past and we have to look to the future. And I th- I'm very excited with this um, whole process now because there are going to be some very exciting changes. It's going to be very, very tricky. Uh, It's a very complicated issue of changing laws. We can't just write it on an A4 piece of paper. It's going to take a lot of people and teams and teams of people to help and rewrite history as well as rewrite the laws. But I'm, I'm very positive that it's going to happen, and it's going to happen to benefit sex workers and the community at large. You mentioned that you've been working in the industry for quite a few years. What can you tell us about your personal journey in the industry, particularly how you entered it? I have been around for a long, long time. So I actually have seen a lot of changes and it, and I'm from the 80s. So I've seen the change from, you know, using a telephone that plug, is plugged into a wall to having a mobile phone that's actually a smartphone. So you're, you're walking around with a, a mini computer. And what I've seen is that the sex worker community or the majority of the sex worker community is now online. So that was what I was referring to in, in regards to us being a very hidden or very invisible community. We, we exist in online spaces. So via social media or via uh, websites, that's where people will find us and that's where we advertise and communicate and uh, that's where we exist in the world. Do you find that in that social media environment there's a a great use of code within the industry because of that illegality and because of all all of those fears around confidentiality and privacy that you mentioned? It's slowly changing. So uh, depending on what platform you're on, it has changed. So I'm very excited about the changes. So there are certain platforms that uh, are very um, overt, so you can literally see everything and anything you want, whereas other platforms, people have to be much more discreet of how they uh, advertise their services or express themselves. It's been fascinating seeing the, the, the evolution of the internet and of social media. Of course, you do present Behind Closed Doors on 3CR. Uh, what can you tell us about that program? Well, thank you for the, the plug. I love it. And you're doing great work for your show In Your Face as well, James. Love it. Uh, well, 
Our show is called Behind Closed Doors. It's on every Thursday, 6 p.m. on 3CR. And I am one of three co-hosts. The other hosts are a cis woman and a trans woman, and we're all sex workers with different experiences in the industry. And we present a show every week where we talk to sex workers. Uh, we talk to migrant workers. We talk to what we call allies, people who are not sex workers, but who are very sex worker friendly and positive about our industry and wanting to support us in what we do and also changing the laws to make it a fairer and better workplace for us. There mustn't be anything else like it on Australian radio. We're probably only show on, on Australian radio, and I'm so grateful for 3CR for giving us that platform, and that's why everybody should dig deep and support 3CR, which is Melbourne's, you know, I think, major community radio station. Dean Lim, thank you so much for talking to me today on In Your Face. Thanks, James. Have a great day. 3CR Can we dim the lights, maybe?
and that was Beyond again and we do have information about the Victorian Sex Work Review on the In Your Face webpage at 3CR. Victoria Legal Service has launched a free information and advice phone service for people who have been stopped, questioned, fined or charged for breaching the new COVID-19 restrictions. Have you been fined or charged under the new laws or stopped and questioned by police for being outside? Call 0434 136 501. Weekdays between 9am and 5pm. That's 0434 136 501. Or head to fitzroy-legal.org.au for more information. You can also report incidents at covidpolicing.org.au. Fitzroy Legal Service is a 3CR supporter.
3CR. 3CR broadcasts from the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded in this country.
man that was Sade would cherish the day. We also heard from Sarah McLaughlin with Angel and Gaga with Speechless. And here's Melbourne DJ Buffy Tufnell, otherwise known as Matt Gleason with Goog. If you're wrestling with feelings of anxiety, worry and depression or finding the current social isolation measures hard to deal with, we would like to encourage you to call Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. 
We're here to talk if you are seeking information about mental health or mental health services or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. If you feel it would be helpful to talk to someone about these issues during this difficult period, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 111500. That's 1300 111500. Wellways supports 3CR. And I'm out of here for another week. Taking us as Lock and Nunder and Nina Hagen covering George Harrison. And I'll catch you next week on In Your Face.
Isolated? Quarantined? Need some essentials but can't leave the house? Or just having a hard time dealing with everything at the moment? Queer Aid NAM is a new mutual aid group of organized volunteers. We're here, we're queer, and we've got your back. Whether or not that's how you identify, nobody should be suffering because capitalism or the state didn't provide what they needed. That's why we're working to strengthen our communities through solidarity. Put in a request for help and we'll match you with a volunteer in your area who can either pick up groceries or other essentials for you, help you run errands, cook meals for you, or check in with how you're going. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, or if you want to join the volunteer list, find us on queeraidmelbourne.org or search for us via Facebook. COVID-19 Queer Aid Nam Melbourne. So tell your family and your friends and don't forget your neighbours. That's queeraidmelbourne.org, a 3CR supporter.